everybody, this is Brian Bickford from Mainly Matters, the travel and tourism channel. I discuss Maine businesses, adventure excursion, and what makes Maine vacation land. You guys know, I'm a, I'm a hiker, I'm a climber, I'm an adventurer, I'm a Mainer. I get out there since I was a teen or even younger than that, you know, with my dad and my brothers, we'd build igloos, we'd even cut down boughs off of trees, and we'd go lay, we'd try to sleep out sometimes, then we get proper equipment, and we'd kind of do it properly. Well, listen, I get a little older, you know, I want to stay at the Four Seasons sometimes, you know, but sometimes I just want to feel like I'm out there kind of camping. And this is a thing that they refer to as glamping. Okay. Now, <laughs> you know, we've all heard of it. Um, I kind of want the adventure. I kind of want the roughness, but I want to live a little bit nicer, a little bit more convenient. So I have a guest today. You might've heard of him. You know, he's, he's kind of got a, a big name because he's done a couple interesting things in his life, you know, but I really want, I want to invite somebody that, or I invited somebody that really kind of understands the glamping term. And this is, this is Bob Crowley. Bob Crowley, he actually, um, you know, he won a little bit of money. He bought a little bit of land and he created something that's referred to as Maine Forest Yurts. Hey, Bob, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. You know, we're really excited to have you because first and foremost, you're a Mainer. You know, you're a teacher. You understand that you, you taught high school some physics, but why glamping? What's that? Why glamping? Why? Um, yeah. Well, we, we, well, we had hundred acres of land on uh, Runaround Pond, and after I was on Survivor, we, like you said, we had some extra cash, and we were able to develop the land. Originally, we just wanted to put a camp on it, but we actually, what we had done is Peggy always had um, the family go on camping trips, either in, you know, in tents, or one particular time we went to... Uh, Cross Mountain Europe in Brownfield. Right. And uh, we, so around 2012, we started thinking, hey, why don't we, why don't we develop a, um, a yurt business? Mm -hmm. And um, that's just somehow it started just from having experienced it ourselves. We, you know, we, the whole family enjoys being out in the woods. Mm -hmm. And um, we have the forest. <laughs> All we had to do was build the roads and uh, put up the yurts, and it's it's worked very well. That's great, you know. And just explain to somebody that doesn't understand what the word yurts in is, and, and ex describe what that is exa exactly. How big it is and what well, it is. Yeah, yeah. What it is is it's actually a, a Mongolian tent. Mm -hmm. uh, in, in Mongolia, they actually refer to them as a gur. But um, what it is is it's. Um, if you recall those old uh, expanding playpens that had the lattice work, um, the, this this is a 24-foot tent. It's that we have hardwood uh, floors in them. It's sitting on a on a round, uh, perfectly round um, platform, and this tent is 24 feet in diameter. Has uh, has walls that are seven feet high, and then a cathedral ceiling with a dome in the center so you can watch the moon go by in the middle of the night. Mm. And they, we also put wood stoves in them so they, uh, they and we, we run them year round. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, a lot of people prefer to come in the wintertime, mm -hmm. but uh, 
most people like all four seasons. Right, right. And, and you know, when I show up, um, I'm going to open that door, and what am I going to see? Um, hey, it's your first time. You're going to see this sort of cathedral ceiling with all these rafters going up to a uh, a large uh, five foot dome, mm-hmm. uh, plastic dome. Um, and you're going to see in ours either two bunk beds uh, and a futon or two futons and a bunk bed, mm-hmm. a gas stove, um, and all the amenities that you would have in a regular kitchen. Um, you know, uh, we, uh, you know, frying pans and cookware and right. uh, dishes. We have tents since COVID kicked in, we've leaned towards uh, disposable utensils right um but uh it's 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 quite a um it's quite a shock to most people when they first walk in because they don't expect such a large structure right right and so what do you tell people to bring with them um we we ask them to bring their um sleeping bag Mm -hmm. pillows um and and drinking water Mm -hmm. and other than that they should probably check our website we have a May first year is a website. If you just Google May first year, it pops right up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and my my and they should talk to my daughter. She's the one that runs it and yeah. has uh, exactly what what you should bring. But we recommend that you bring headlamps. Uh, so when you're uh, going out, the, we have a composting outhouse in each one of them, and you have to walk across the deck or a small path. So we recommend you bring headlights. Uh, but other than that, just the food you'd like to eat, or if you are not into that, we're only 15 minutes from Freeport, right. and uh, there are so many great restaurants around here. Pineland's another one uh, restaurant that we like was um, a food court that we like going to, um, and so you can either stay in there and, and uh, you know cook your own meals or. Go to some of the local restaurants. Yeah, and you don't you want to you want to hear that wilderness that's out there. And what what kind of wilderness is it? You know, am I am I going to cut like a parking lot? And I have to walk through a little bit of a path to get to my yurt. Um, what am I going to see there when I once I, I, I get out of my car? Yeah, well, once you pull into Maine Forest Yurts, mm-hmm. we we do have a parking lot that, depending on the time of the year, if this were if this is January and there's two feet of snow. You, we plow the parking lot, you pull in, and my daughter, Paige, or my niece, Olivia, will greet you in a six-seater track uh, Ranger, nice. which looks sort of like a tank without the gun. Mm-hmm. And we put all your, your uh, goods and services that you are bringing with you and you in this uh, six-seater Ranger and drive you somewhere between 600 and 900 feet from the parking lot to the, uh, to the yurts. Mm-hmm. If you came today, you'd be able to drive your car, um, all right up past the log cabin and up to each. We have four yurts and each one has an area you can park right near. And so you'll literally get out of your car. You can, uh, leave your car right outside the yurt. So if you want to charge your cell phone, your, your car is just, five steps away from the door. Right, right. And speaking of that, is there, is there electricity? We have uh, solar panels at each yurt, mm-hmm. and they are uh, connected to a small battery system, so that runs at solar light. Mm-hmm. Um, we do recommend, now that I think of it, we do recommend that people bring extra, you know, um, lighting. 
right. um, LED lighting. Huh. Um, but that, there's a battery there so that you can charge cell phones. If you, uh, some people come with some major equipment yeah. that uh, computers, uh, and if we, if you need to do some major charging of equipment, we do have a battery bank down at the uh, log cabin or Faithful. We'll bring it over to her house and plug it into the CMP. Yeah, yeah. I want to know a little bit about who are your customers and, and where have they been, where are they coming from? You know, what, what are your, yeah. Um, we we are restricted to people only from the planet Earth. Um, <laughs> okay. We, uh, uh, I, it's I, you know, we have. It's not unusual to have somebody show up from Germany or France, uh, especially I want to say especially in the summertime mm-hmm. with European t- tourists. Um, but um, the funny story I've been telling lately: um, one fellow showed up a couple of weeks ago from. Western New York State. He drove seven hours to get here, and I said, "You know, he's going to—he's coming to Maine for four days." And I said to him, "Well, what are you going to see while you're here in Maine?" He goes, mm-hmm. "What do you mean?" I said, "Are you going to go to Portland Headlight or going to LL Beans or go?" He goes, "No, I'm going to stay here in New York." <laughs> and I said, "Okay." <laughs> he said, you, "You just drove seven hours to get here. You're yeah. going to sit in New York, read books." sort of contemplate nature and walk around in the woods uh-huh. and then drive seven hours back to New York. And he said, yeah. yeah. And then <laughs> literally only a week later, I ran into somebody leaving uh, Hemlock uh-huh. Ridge uh, year. And uh, it was like six o'clock at night. And I said, hey, where are you off to? And he goes, oh, I'm going to go take a shower. I said, you know what? He said, I'm going to take a shower. I said, well, where are you going to do that? He goes, I don't live a half a mile down the street. I go, oh, oh, okay. So that saves time. And so we, we, we get a lot of people from Boston, from New York, um, you know, um, Massachusetts, you know, generally local people. But lately, um, you know, in the last year, yeah. we've got a, what we call a staycation. Yeah. People that are literally half a mile or two miles down the road you know, we just had a, a group of women come from uh, Cumberland. Yeah. You know, uh, and they they really they like it because it's con- convenient. They can literally go home if they run out of wine and get another bottle and, and drive back. <laughs> and they and they really do feel um, because they they feel like they've they've gotten away because you are out. It is a unique situation. It is it's comfortable if it's twenty below. And you're staying there. You've got to poke somebody in the out with the elbow at about four o'clock in the morning to throw another log on the fire. Right. right. But uh, this this time of year, uh, they stay they stay very comfortable all night long. Um, <laughs> well, you know, it's just kind of interesting. But I I live way north of you. I, I'm up in way in, oh, way up there in Bath, Maine. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I probably come way down south to Durham. Um, it's some, I've kind of, I've kind of talked about, you know, my people and they're like, yes, let's do it this winter in February. Let's, so you're going to see my name pop up at some point or page. We'll see it. Cause we're going to, we're going to come down and do it for a few nights at some point. Uh, sounds like a, just a good time, but let to your point too. Hey, if we're feeling like we need a lobster over by yellow beans, we're only 15, 20 minutes away. We can pop over there and, you know, get some civilization, you know, for, for a little bit. <laughs> So, we're yeah, looking- LL Beans is, is literally 15 minutes. As a matter of fact, a lot of people that come to visit from mm-hmm. down south 
uh, and say, exactly where are you? I said, well, you drive to L.L. Beans and take a left-hand turn. We're, mm. you know, we're 10 minutes from L.L. Beans. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Hey, let's let's back up a little bit about, you know, I mean, let's, let's face it. I mean, I know you, and I was a big fan, and my family grew up to Survivor. You were the uh, you were on the seventeenth season, the oldest person to uh, to ever win so far, I believe. Um, talk about about that, about how that has played into kind of helping this business and you know using your celebrity to you know, we do a lot of good good for the community. But how, how has this helped your business? Um, I think only, I, I was surprised at how little little effects Survivor mm-hmm. had on I think on our business only. I would only say 10%, although it's gone up dramatically after the COVID. There's a lot of people are re-watching Survivor, but only 10 or 15% are related to that. What is worked out very well is we we started a nonprofit uh, mm-hmm. called the Durham Warriors Project mm-hmm. that um, allows, if, if you're a veteran and nonprofit, um, you're able to... the, 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 the the non the I nonprofit covers the cost. So set up for even children, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, if they want to come, they can stay. Right. And our nonprofit covers that. And our nonprofit was funded uh for the first five years mm-hmm. um by doing a survivor games here. And we invited um survivors that had been on the show to compete with eighteen Americans that want to play Survivor. Mm-hmm. And that um that introduced a tremendous number of people to the property and of course Facebook has done an amazing job of um, just um, bringing um, attention to Maine Forest Europe. And obviously the fact that I've got so many friends on Facebook and um, on Twitter, um, that, that, you know, a lot of those people are only interested, not, not only interested, but they're interested primarily in my survivor connection. Right, right. Which has, done, which has without a doubt, um, made a huge difference in my life. It has introduced yeah. me to some wonderful people and allowed us to raise a lot of money for a lot of different causes mm-hmm. um, besides our own nonprofit. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And how old was Paige when you when you won Survivor? Uh, she, thank the good Lord she had turned 21. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we were out, okay. We were out and, you know, we were all sort of high-fiving each yeah. other, of course. You know, she's, you know, and so she all, you know, and, and our, my kids had a great time yeah. um, meeting all the people out in L.A. And one of the most annoying things about my season uh-huh. was um, I was, I had to receive the check in New York City the following morning on the morning show. Right. And so they literally whisked me away um, from, you know, from all of the partying and the celebration and my son stood up and said you know my father's had to go to new york so the party's in my room and uh it was it was it was it was fun because my, my children were all old enough to enjoy um meeting the crazy lot of people that uh, is connected to survivor you know you just never know um you know you pick up the phone you you, you submit your name to something your life can change you know it's at any age right we can yeah. it really is yeah. a great a great example that um if you feel you want to do it <clears throat> just move just just try to show up just try to do it you never know if they're going to pull your name out of a hat or say that they like your bow tie or um are you still wearing bow ties by the way yeah. well i i just I just came in from moving uh, 
roof rafters and uh, <laughs> and firewood, so I don't wear it <laughs> when I'm doing that. But whenever, whenever we dress up to go out to, to dinner or if I'm, I'm giving a, a talk, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm doing a graduation speech, I, I, I do always wear my bow tie people sort of expect it yeah yeah now i heard heard rumor that you're um you might be still lobstering are you still lobstering i'm sitting here eating a lobster sandwich as we speak i stopped eating it because it crunches too much (laughs) uh, we are and we're not supposed to be lobstering my wife is very upset that we're we still have 50 traps in the water and they should we should have them out and actually tomorrow should be our last day yeah and so uh now, I have a friend that always wanted to be a commercial lobsterman, but he can't. You can't get a lobster license anymore. And I kept my commercial license, so we put 108 tags in the water mm-hmm. this uh, this summer, and uh, we had a a good summer with uh, two old men having a having a good time playing on the water. Yeah, no, that that to me is like almost like just a. Uh... It's just a day on the water, like you said. It just kind of it frees your mind, and it takes everything else away, and uh, and you also get some good food. Um, I remember when I was growing up, when every kid had a friend who was a lobsterman. I remember my mom going, I tell this story around the world. I go, mom saying, I was saying, what's for dinner? She said, we're lobster. And we go, lobster again? Right? <laughs> yeah, but she was probably paying 40 cents a pound for it, you know. Yeah, she was getting it for free from one of their friends. I know she wasn't oh. paying anything for it, you know, but but it's kind of funny how you you get to that that stage. But, you know, so so back up in your you know, you're 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 a high school physics teacher. I believe it was at Gorham High School. Is that right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. And you uh you went to UMO. Is that what right? That? You went to University of Maine or no? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Went to well, University of Maine at Bangor, University of Maine at Orono, University of Maine in Portland, University of Maine at Gorham. Uh-huh. Um, I think that covered most of them. Yeah, I got kicked yeah. out of all the other. They, you did, they just kept moving you around. <laughs> yeah. to, like, you take them. You yeah. take them. No, I just, <laughs> I just, I got, I got three degrees, and yeah. so it, it took me a while to get through all of them. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, we 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 glossed over something. Yeah, you mentioned something about mm-hmm. people should, you know, um, you know, take a chance. Right. Well, Put in the application. Um, I actually was. This is annoy. This annoys some people, but I was one of the people that was recruited um, to be on Survivor. But I still had to submit an application. But what I always said to my students is, if an opportunity arises, take it. Right. Just you know, I, I've I've had so many great opportunities in my life. I was on a uh, the Tongat archaeological expedition in Labrador mm-hmm. uh, with the Smithsonian uh, because I found an Indian burial and somebody mm-hmm. threw my name into the, the works and uh, I had a chance to build a camp on an island and did it and somebody from survivors saw that and uh, I always anytime somebody um, offers some you know something new and different and I just I always said to my students go away go go as far away as you can go go visit you know Australia Africa Europe Mm-hmm. And I always come back here to Gorham because mm-hmm. you'll find out why people come to Gorham and appreciate what you, what you, ha- you really probably will not appreciate what you have here until you go away. Right. And so I've, I've always encouraged everybody to go to the goal and go do things, meet people and, um, make it, make your, your life interesting. No, you have definitely done that. And I think that I appreciate the fact there is a tie between your yurts and the kind of international perspective of it and your survivor experience. And where does, 
where does physics where does physics come into this for you? Um, well, it, I, um, I, I I I only took one physics class in college, uh, which I absolutely loved, mm-hmm. and um, it's um, it was a great subject to teach, and because because you can um, you can everything is involved in physics, light, light, sound, uh, vibration. Um, it's just heat transfer, and it's just we're just so much so much fun to um, to to teach. I I had an absolute blast, um, right. and of course I you know we use it around the farm all the time with levers and pulleys and you know mechanical advantage and uh, fuel consumption and just the math that we're we're always using trying to figure yeah. out how many cords of wood we're going to need for next year. Right, right. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So if you've listened to my show, you know that this is actually, I didn't tell you, Bob, but this is the game show portion of my show. And I'm going to ask you three questions. I'm also going to be the judge. Are you ready for this? This is question number one. Who was your best friend on Survivor? And then number two, who is your best friend now? Go. Um, my best friend on Survivor, uh, Probably ended up being sugar, um, it, but it, it's a close, close uh, second to, to Susie Q, who came in second to me. Right, uh, and and without a doubt, uh, probably my closest friend now. Although I'm lucky to have a lot of close friends, mm-hmm. uh, but somebody that survivors would know is Jimmy T from Gloucester, Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. He was on uh, Survivor Nicaragua, yeah, and I I had to go to. Um, I don't know whether you are aware or not that I um, I was Jimmy Johnson's replacement. I actually flunked out of the interviews. They sent me oh. home, and then three weeks before I flew out, they called me back up and didn't explain why, but I found out later that Jimmy Johnson had had a heart attack, oh. a heart problem three weeks before the, mm-hmm. the show started, and they pulled him from the cast. Wow. And when he was on, and, and he was a Dallas Cowboy coach, and he was oh. on season... Um, the Nicaraguan season mm-hmm. with and Jimmy T was on there with him. Mm-hmm. Well, I had to go to the the finale to thank um, Jimmy Johnson for having a heart problem, and that's when I met Jimmy T. And he has, without a doubt, he's he's become one of my closest closest friends. Well, Way look- down there visiting him all the time. He's up here doing my Hudson gym. Wow, wow. Let me uh, let me check with the judges on that to see if you're right. It seems like you're right. Okay, so it's one for one. Um, the second question is, at w- when do you have to throw a lobster back? Because it's not legal. Uh, several reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to throw it back if it's if the carapace from the eye to the tail mm-hmm. is shorter than three and eight thirty seconds of an inch. Right. Which is three and a quarter, mm-hmm. but not, it's not three and a quarter, it's Eight thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. That means that you know to be one thirty seconds off when when measuring it, right. and then of course it can't be longer than five inches. Yeah. Nor can you keep uh, a lobster with eggs or a lobster that female lobster that has been notched yeah. on the fin to the right of the middle fin. Right. Well, I just heard from the judges, and they said that you're wrong. You have to throw it back if it's from Massachusetts. So, okay. <laughs> uh, the third question is, how do you build a fire? This is going to put a lot of credibility, a lot of pressure on you here. How do you build a fire without flint? Ah, I'd use matches by crying out loud. Um, no, uh, <laughs> uh, the probably the, the quickest way is um, the, the bow 
and drill mm-hmm. um, to to start a fire. I actually I had a kid from Gorham. We raced me using flint and steel and mm-hmm. him using uh, the bow. He beat me, which <laughs> I would have lost money if I'd actually done. Yeah, yeah. That's fun. So um, you are 100% correct. You got two out of three. We'll get back to you on that Massachusetts thing, just to make sure that we were correct on that. <laughs> but hey, listen, what do you want people to know about um, what's happening, you know, with Maine Forest Yurts? And uh, is there any type of expansion or what can they expect in this uh, this upcoming season? Um, we, well, we have the new um, Cedar Ranger with the tracks on it, but mm-hmm. uh, we are um, continuing to build new trails. We have between three and six miles of cross-country ski trails, but we're always building new trails for uh, snowshoeing and cross-country skiing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were just we're generally making small improvements mm-hmm. um, here and there. Uh, you know, adding um, new woodsheds or that sort of thing. But uh, we're 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 pretty much where we want to. Paige is the one that makes the decisions, and she's very happy with having four yurts. Uh, we can keep everything real personal, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Paige, is, Paige is incredibly good at yeah. Um, yeah. just just running the business. But you know, she'll call me up and say, "Bob, uh, Jan and Rob are down at main, at uh, Hemlock. You don't see them. Their dog's name is Spot." Okay, you know them. They were here last year. I know you're not going to recognize them, but just remember the names and the dog's name is Sport you know, or, or Spot. And you know, um, and people like that. People yeah. like the fact that, that Paige knows who knows who they are. And yeah, knows, that's you know, it's a real personal we have, touch. We, we, have, yeah. we, have, you know, we, we have one one um, uh, Russian soldier that mm-hmm. comes up. Um, every year, mm-hmm. and because he was he is Russian, but he was an American soldier, so mm-hmm. he he classifies as a, as a vet. But he goes up every year, and he loves the, the water we get from the farm. And he brings twenty or thirty gallon jugs and comes over to the house and fills them up to bring back to Massachusetts with him. Because every year, <laughs> that's great. You know, kids will call me up and say. You know, get, get ready for the water bottles. Oh, that's great. That is great. Well, listen, I want to thank uh, Bob Crowley from uh, Maine Forest Yurts, and I believe they can find you at mainforestyurts.com. Is that correct? I think so. Yeah. Yep. And you can do your reservation. Probably, I think you can see, because I'm actually, we're trying to, to, to schedule something as well. So you can go on there and you actually can see what hut is available at what time of the year. And I just, as you said, Paige will be the one that really takes good care of you. And uh, hey, Bob, I want to thank you so much for your time. Appreciate that. Well, thank you for having me. Hey, I, I, I enjoyed it. That's awful. That's awesome. And hey, listen, everybody, this is Brian Bickford from Mainly Matters, your tourism and adventure channel. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night. Thank you. Bye-bye now.